$10, and then they're like, okay. Oh, shit. Okay, I guess. Spread it wide. I guess people like this one, huh? Yeah, that sounds like something I would do. I put it I put it out for two days, make a million dollars, and then they tell me to spread it wide. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different business. I think that's where we start. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, you are tuned in to the latest edition to What the Fuck's Going On? Up in Hollywood, or as I like to call it, picking up something good, a limited event prestige podcast about Steely Dan. Welcome to the continuation of Steely Danuary. My name is Nikki Flowers. Joined with me, as always, is my friend Mace. Hi, uh, it's me, Mace. Um, so uh, I'm pretty sure Nikki's going to keep the part where I said I, I spread it wide open. Oh, I'm <laughs> editing this, so I'm 100% leaving it in. Thank you so much for understanding. <laughs> Folks, we also have our guests from the Asia episode. The uh, We were supposed to record these on the same day, but then I had a thing and uh, then a bunch of stuff happened. And now we're here. Hope you enjoyed the Asia episode. And I know you're going to love the continuing uh, appearances of our special guests, Alex and Rose. Welcome. Hello. Hello. How you two doing? Uh, you guys okay? <laughs> You good. <laughs> I, I I was doing the thing where I'm 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 trying to let Rose talk before me because I'm trying to I'm trying not to butt in as much. And here I am on the trying podcast to do the, that I'm on. Trying to do the exact same thing. <laughs> oh, and see, you know what? That's like I gotta. It's just a podcast tip. Those cancel out. It ends up where none of you, neither of you, want to talk, which yeah. is weird. So feel free, weird. both butt in. It's okay. Cross talk is fine. I'm editing this one, but I'm also kind of not editing. So, you know, whatever goes in the Zoom call, it's basically going out to the to the public. So that's feel free. What, that, gotcha. That's what happened in the last episode. I I was going to edit it and it took it took me so long because so much happened. But like I was editing it. And I'm like, wait, this crosstalk sounds really good. Like, I love the the chaoticness of talking about Asia. So we're going to we're going to go gouch. We're going a little gaucho here today, folks, because we are, in fact, talking about the sequel to Asia gaucho. That's the full gotcha. title. Gaucho marks. Asia to gaucho. This time it's personal. I really, I, I don't like what Marvel Studios did with gaucho. Like, <laughs> I feel like casting Paul Rudd in the role is a little weird, but. And like, you know, his charm wears off real quick as the gaucho. Like, okay, yeah. we get it, Paul Rudd. You're the gaucho. Uh, here's the thing. It is nice that he hired Greg Turkington, though. It's nice to give him another another yeah, but in the spotlight. But it's really but it's really fucked up that they cut Tom Sharpling out of say. another fucking <laughs> He's over three. Marvel movie. Over yeah. three. Batten over zero three. zero zero. That's it's not gonna get you like, in the Hall of Fame, Tom. Sorry. We can't even we can't even find those scenes anywhere. They're just gone. And that really <laughs> fucked that really fucked there's me uh, up. No, there's um the one from the second movie has been posted, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? With I think both, so. It's, it's with shown both up Sharpling somewhere. and Worcester? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll have or to Or it was like that. a screen test of them. Because it's them in a car with a green screen, basically. Yeah. I've lost the plot a little bit, but you know what? That's okay. Because <laughs> it's 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 free will. It's the Gaucho episode, right? Oh, wait, hold on, wait, hold on. You, I was talking about an actual movie. I was talking about Ant-Man, where Greg Turkington is actually in. He's in two of them. No, yeah. that's where yeah. I lost it. And then, and then we went <laughs> off on a whole Tom Sharpling thing. Anyway, listen, the point is this mess that we're creating right now, right? And we're talking about like lost footage and, and uh, things that could have been. And, and also we're talking over each other and it's, a, it's a, an enormous mess. Uh, and it might take 
listen, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'm going to edit this tonight. And I doubt it's going to be tomorrow. So, you know, it mirrors the production of the album we're going to talk about. And this yes. on purpose. This is fully on purpose. This album, this episode, see, I can't even, huh, what are words? This episode is going to be the gaucho of podcasts. I'm going to say it right there. I know we're going to have a lot claim. of problems recording yeah. it. We are going to have a lot of problems. Nikki's going to hit me with a car. Yeah, we're going to be the sued. one getting hit by the car. Yeah, <laughs> uh, hopefully no one dies. We can avoid some of the things, but we are going to be talking about Gaucho, the classic album from the classic band for classic people with class. The West Coast Boys, well, the East, East Coast Boys with the West Coast sound. They returned to the East Coast for this one. That sucks. Yeah, well, it's their home turf. I they, don't think anybody should go to the East Coast. No one should ever return to New York City <laughs> if they've escaped it. <laughs> Is that uh, is that accurate, Rose? You you mentioned New Jersey like you were familiar with it as a resident. Is that? Oh yeah, I grew up there. That's where I'm from. Okay, sorry about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh whoa. whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. New Jersey. What are your opinion? We are too. Don't worry. We it comes from a place of love. <laughs> uh, but the Steely Dan saga. You know, they they uh, go to. I forget. They haven't mentioned what college they went to but they probably went to somewhere in new york and they you know did they did some stuff in new york city but then you know moved to that west coast to get that west coast out hey Uh, did you all know that the guy from the uh i'm sorry uh not i'm sorry the uh i think you should leave sketch the old the crazy old man who is only in one sketch uh in like the car focus group yeah you know he's in the new ant-man movie yeah he is that's incredible. <laughs> he calls like he's in the trailer. <laughs> That's he's actually in the trailer, a... which means they're using him at, to sell the movie. <laughs> this has nothing to do with my question to Rose, but I am glad that you brought it up because that is important information <laughs> for people to have. I'm also glad to know this now. <laughs> uh, but continuing on, now that we all have that information in our heads and we will keep it there and cherish it. Uh, Rose, what is your opinion <clears throat> on Steely Dan returning to New York to finish up uh, Gaucho? Do, do you think uh, they made a mistake coming back? Uh, but it I, sounds like you're an East Coast liker. So I do enjoy not. the East Coast. Uh, not so much New York City. Okay. Uh, that's a trashy. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was certainly something. Well, it was probably, it was probably that, nicer in the 70s. I um, honestly wouldn't have... You, you, you tell me that they recorded in New York City, I wouldn't have known because this is the most West Coast the boys have ever sounded. This is an album about I... L.A. and how much they kind of hate it, but it's also completely <laughs> recorded in New York City. I don't know if completely. I mean, because here's the thing. It took 14 months to make. That's a long time. So what? Uh, I will all say... of my records take 14 months to make? Yeah, but not like <laughs> the way that they used those 14 months, because sometimes, Mace, you and I are the same. I've been working on an EP for like, it's like 15 minutes and I was supposed to release it like two years ago at this point. But what happens is we just get kind of sad and then other stuff happens in our lives. We just kind of do that. Uh, but their 14 months were like hell, <laughs> hell on I mean, earth. I would argue they probably did get sad. They just chose to power well, through in one of their cases, fall into heroin. Kind of. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it took 14 months. It uh, features 42 studio musicians, 11 engineers, and it cost at least 
a million dollars to produce and that is not adjusted for inflation. That is a million dollars late 70s money. A million dollars late 70s money is enormous. That's so much. There's that there's that Mulaney joke about like a movie costing like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And how he'd be impressed to just walk into a room and see a hundred million (laughs) dollars. Like, yeah. I feel like in the 70s, people would be impressed. If something cost a million dollars, people would be impressed just to look at a million dollars. Yeah. yeah. That's the same <laughs> amount of money that people would just be like, holy shit, that's a million dollars. Like, and that's that like, a, I would that still do that. A million dollars in 1980, 1979. I feel like if I saw a room full of a million dollars, I would still be fairly impressed. It would be oh, like yeah. sort of breaking bad for me. But I wouldn't be like right, shitting like, myself. <laughs> I just got to lay on it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to lay on it. Uh but they didn't lay on it. They uh spent it all uh recording and real recording high. and editing and recording and recording and recording. <laughs> uh Mark Knopfler, uh one of the guitarists, he uh, I'm just doing like an overview of the production because it's just such a beautiful mess, this album. I love Mark. Mark's a great guitarist. Great guitarist. He spent 10 hours recording guitar tracks for Time Out of Mind, a song we will talk about shortly. 10 fucking hours. 10 hours, and he what? appears on the song for about 15 seconds. <laughs> God damn. Holy shit. He said, I forget. Oh, I wish I wrote down the exact quote, but the, the, something about uh, he felt like he was drowning or something. It was something to that effect. <laughs> and it's like the it, it's the most I think it's the poppiest song on the album. too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the mo- it's the song of the album that sounds the most like the first Steely Dan album. Yeah, you know what? Why don't we just get we'll, we'll talk song by song. I'll get more into the whole mess of it. But it, it did uh, it. It took a toll before actually before yeah. we get started. I do want to just set it up. Uh, so Asia, an incredible achievement. Even they agreed. They were like, yeah, we did pretty good with that one. But how do we follow it up? How do we beat ourselves? So they want to try and do that. So 1978, they go and have some ideas for Gaucho. Also, at the time, a legal battle starts between them and their record label, which was ABC Records, but is now going to become MCA Records. Always be pursuing records. Always be pursuing. <laughs> they felt very strongly that they didn't owe MCA another album that they had fulfilled to their contracts to ABC Records with Asia. And MCA was like, we really feel like you do owe us more of your time and effort because we want money. So get back in the studio, boys. And they were like, no, thank you. Also, you owe us millions in royalties, we just found out. (laughs) And they're like, oh, no, that was ABC Records that owes you that. We're MCA. So it's like they were trying to... Three different letters. Kind of have their cake and eat it, too. Uh, You know, you owe us an album, but uh, those royalties, we'll talk about that later. So this ended up all the way in the Supreme Court of California. Oh, boy. Which took, uh, I think, uh, all, you know... Many two years, I think. Uh, many years it took because <laughs> they wanted to start in '78, and this album came out in 1980. So, uh, the court decided, you know what? Yeah, uh, you do owe them the royalties, uh, but uh, you also do owe them another album. Please, please do make Gaucho. The court is adjourned. They said <laughs> the, that. The please just please do make bam. the album Gaucho. <laughs> please, we would like Gaucho. <laughs> 
So that was the kind of the mood going into it, which I don't think was conducive to a creative and fun environment. What do you think? (laughs) I think that we should be court ordered to make more albums. Yeah, actually, that would get me off my ass. Yeah, it would be great to just sort of be given a deadline for the art that I make. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's it's hard to complain about being like a freelance artist as like a thing you do because it's like, oh, it's it must be fun. It's like, no, it's hell uh, uh, not having a deadline. You think, wow, I wish I didn't have deadlines. No, you, the deadlines are so useful. The deadlines, the deadlines are good, actually. Help. Yeah. <laughs> but also you can just be like, oh, just set your own deadlines. Oh, would would that it were so simple? My naive fuck of a friend. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm getting aggressive about Cartoon the coming, process. Uh, uh, H1 2023. I'm also doing something hopefully in February. Don't, don't tell anyone. <laughs> okay. So uh, we're going to talk about the album now, I promise. We're going to talk about Gaucho, but first we're going to talk about the first uh, track on Gaucho. Babylon Babylon Sisters. Sisters. Shake Shake it. (laughs) What do we think? Uh, Fucking great. I've been. This has been on my this has been on my uh, on my constant rotation uh, since the first time I heard Gaucho. It, it, It has been in my playlists it has been in my car i'm a i drive a yacht rock car now it's a good ball uh, oh, but you have to now what what's the car uh i drive a t- 2015 honda fit <laughs> is, <laughs> and is that a, a is that a yacht rock car it's a yacht rock car now uh there's a negative land bumper sticker on it you can you can tell exactly who i am i'm the only one in california with a negative <laughs> land sticker honda on my car fit. yeah i don't really know cars this car looks like it's silver. Um, are you driving west on Sunset to the Sea? Always. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you are that you live there, right? I live there. I'm driving west on Sunset all the time. That's awesome. And that's the perfect time to listen to this. That's how when I get you're to literally work. driving west on Sunset <laughs> to the sea. And you got it. Well, I wouldn't necessarily call this jungle music, but you could have it really loud. And then your partner could be like, turn that down. But just until we're out of town, oh, you could recreate think, the whole song. I think that I could. Oh, that's a good idea. A jungle remix of Babylon Sisters. Oh, actually, I just dropped a I dropped a photo of the 2015 Honda Fit in the yeah. Train. Let's all make fun of Mace's car. <laughs> it's honestly, uh, it looks like a mouse. It looks like a computer mouse that got wheels. I do like it. It's very cute looking. This website says it has a frustrating infotainment system. It fucking Ooh, does. We hate your pussy, <laughs> Honda Fit. <laughs> It sure does have a frustrating infotainment system. Well, is anyway. that what we're calling it these days? Infotainment? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that sounds like ed, ed. It's very 90s. Yeah, that sounds very edutainment. I feel like they're going to give me a CD ROM about it. Uh, anyway, Babylon Sisters is a very, very good song. It is so goddamn smooth. This is like, like just right out the gate, it's like, Oh, you thought we were going to sound like we moved back to New York? I don't fucking think so. We're the West Coast sound boys in the East Coast, motherfucker. And then they did that. And then to really sell it, they mentioned a bunch of California stuff, too. They mentioned Santa Ana winds. That's a thing. That's a real weather thing. Uh, It brings really hot air into the the, the area. And people go, fuck, it's really hot. They say that every day. Isn't that right? 
Yeah, they that I say that every day. I get up every morning and I say, "Fuck, it's really hot." But I also run hot in bed, so I sweat a lot. Anyway, I'm oversharing. I'm, I'm picking up something good to limit on a prestige podcast about Steely Dan. Thank you so much. It's better than undersharing. Now, continuing <laughs> on, uh, it does also mention a San Francisco show and tell. Now, I was going to look up what that means beforehand because I live in the Bay Area and I figured, oh well, I should probably know what that is. They're usually they're usually in sort of Mesa's part of town. Uh, but when they come up here in the Bay, I feel like I got to know. So does anyone know what a, fr- a San Francisco show and tell is? Uh, is it dirty or is it drugs? Uh... <laughs> this is the new game show. Is it dirty or is it drugs? I think it's when Jello Biafra like sets up shop in like a bank and starts yelling at people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's an old timey like uh, like a burlesque show type thing. Isn't it? That's my uh, understanding. Okay. Like a, like a theater phrase. Yeah, you know what? I'm also seeing this, yeah, like a strip tease, but like a... Yeah, yeah making like a, out on an Urban Dictionary. Oh, well, all right, Urban <laughs> oh, Dictionary. Okay. Actually, you go. know what? While we're here, can you look up Steely Dan? I mean, it's yeah. probably going to be the dildo uh, trivia, but like, is there anything else? What uh, You know, while we're here. This is, uh, I want this podcast to be as comprehensive as possible about the band. So we got to figure out what Urban Dictionary has to say. Steely about Dan that. versus John Lennon in Far Out Magazine a day ago. Um, the feud that signified the end of the Beatles era. Okay. Well, okay. Wait, I, didn't, I was not familiar John with Lennon it. was taking shots at Steely Dan? They were well, taking so shots I, at each other. I did... I did kind of put together after someone online mentioned it, but only a fool would say that is kind of a dig at John Lennon. Oh, good. Think about it. Like it's they're just like so like, oh yeah, peace and love, right? You dick. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the whole song. <laughs> Are we sure that Steely and Dan didn't assassinate John Lennon? Hey, listen, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, but like people are asking this yes. more and more. My friend just asked me this. So you know, the people are asking. The people are asking it. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this Do right we, around. Hold on. Welcome to Skunk Corner. Do we think that Jeff Skunk Baxter murdered John Lennon outside the hotel? Okay, this actually is the one edit I'm going to be making. I don't think we want Skunk after us. He literally is in charge of missiles. <laughs> I don't want that heat, Mace. I don't want that heat. Okay, so that's where that's out of here. <laughs> you know what I like about Babylon Sisters? What? It's the return of the greats. You know, they got the fucking heavy hitters. They didn't just go to New York alone. You know who they brought with them? They brought Bernard Pretty Purdy on the drums. Here they he's, brought, he's back. They he's brought back. YouTuber Tom Scott on the saxophone, both <laughs> tenor and alto. Yes, it's the same man. Don't look it up. I'm he's correct. so old. They got Steve Kahn on guitar. Another Steely Dan fucking heavy hitter. We're going to talk Steve about Zahn? him later. He is one of the only witnesses to a lost media crime and not the one you're thinking of. We're going to get to that after we talk about the album. Uh, we also have someone named Errol Crusher Bennett on percussion. I just saw his name and I thought it was cool. Chuck Rainey on the bass. That's the bass right. Is, uh, one of the basses uh, uh, that, that made Walter Becker realize, eh, I don't think I need to bring my bass in the studio anymore. I think I could just kind of handle the other stuff. <laughs> Errol he said that, Crusher his words, Bennett. His uh, the, it's uh, it's uh, the, the Beverly's son. <laughs> literally the most monty python ass name <laughs> i think i've heard in a very long time yeah God. um but yeah so the song is good a lot of there's some uh smell some synthesizer in there you you, you sniff any I, synthesizer 
Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a synthesizer on there. A yeah. lot more than on Asia. There's there's like little touches of it in Asia, but they bury it in the mix. And uh but if like, you see if you see them, the Asia documentary that I told you to watch, they're very embarrassed by every synth part that they talk about. Like they just are ashamed about it. But like they're bringing it to the forefront here. They're, they're really stepping into the 80s. This is like when this is like when Sparks like picked up the synth and was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't. And then they made an entire album where they should and did. I love their synth stuff the most is the thing. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, they're a solid rock band, too. Rose, what did you say? I was just going to say how much of like speaking kind of parallel to that. But the clavinette parts in Babylon Sisters are like perfect. Just like those little tiny touches and oh, little yeah. like the little ending phrases oh yeah little just oh, little sprinkles here and there that just kind of fill it out <laughs> so fucking good uh the so. lyrics are about uh oh fancy that an older man creeping after younger women <laughs> this is the second catchiest song about the topic on this album unless anyone has to say anything else about babylon sisters we're gonna go on to number one let's do it the catchiest song about creeping after a young woman. It's Hey 19, track number two on Gaucho. <laughs> this song fucking rules. I love this song. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, this is uh, this is one of the greatest <laughs> pop songs ever, ever fucking written. I'm going to say that right now. Um, it's just a disgusting masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's... But, in this song, it goes beyond the concept of the loser and casts Steely Dan as the losers. <laughs> they they inherit. Well, oh, well, hold, well, hold on. Is this well? No, this is, is the gentleman loser. Like this is the gentleman loser song. Is right? it well? It, what is this the argument? It, who is this song about? Is this about Steely Dan or is this about them casting like uh, like so a big I'm, like a big point point at someone? Like look at this fucking creep on a <laughs> lot of. Uh, pressings of the album uh, a lot of people don't know this and on a lot of pressings of gaucho if you actually look at the back of the record um they on number two hey 19 on the track list it says you uh-huh. know this this song does reflect our values <gasps> and yeah. oh um, no oh and my God. actually on the came first, right out and said it on the first pressing on the <laughs> mca records pressing of um of gaucho if you listen to the pre-gap uh, like on the record, you know, that yeah. little mm-hmm. bit of dead air. There's actually like a proclamation that Hey 19 is going to be a song. Oh, yeah, they did the back masking. The- and if you reverse it, it says we endorse everything we sing about. We endorse everything we sing about. No, no, they didn't endorse everything they sung about until <laughs> Hey 19. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, this I'm is lying. The first time when we both agreed. Actually, <laughs> yeah, this is cool. <laughs> hey, wait a second. I, I'm looking up Hey 19 info. Uh, they released this as a single, obviously, but the B-side was Bodhisattva? Yeah, it was. Wasn't that, like, fucking five albums ago? What are they, they doing? They used to do that kind of shit all the time in the 70s and They 80s. did it with the Beatles, didn't they? Like, a lot. Yeah. That's, I just find it interesting, is all. I'm not even, I guess, okay. Like Simon and Garfunkel did that kind of stuff all the time. Like, I guess like- they, they were like, this is their opportunity to be like, you know what? No, I don't think you you all appreciated this when we put it out. So you're going to exactly. listen to it again. <laughs> I think that's actually fair. You know, like, how else are you going to do that? Let's run it again. <laughs> um, Rose. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten. On a scale of one to ten. Michael McDonald. Yes or no? Always. Correct answer. 
correct answer. I don't think he's on this one though. Is he? Are you sure? Is that not Michael McDonald is in the doing the No, no he shows up later. Nothing in common. Is that not I him? I don't yeah, think no, that's Michael him. McDonald is it's Frank Floyd and Zach Sanders. What? Yeah. yeah. It's so Michael McDonald to me. It's it a is. perfect, it's it's the Michael McDonald kind of beat. And it's I really was, up there in his register, but it's not him. I am shocked yeah. he's not buried in the mix somewhere. Cause I'm like, there's definitely a I, I knew there's a couple guys in there. Uh, they're yeah, too no. busy burying him in another mix later down the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so, wow. Okay. The that's way they actually... recorded a ton of his vocals on this <laughs> album where like they buried him alive with like a little tube for air and um, and for singing. And for singing. The shoveling dirt all over my stupid face. <laughs> <laughs> getting hard to breathe underneath all the dirt okay so this is horrifying <laughs> this song is horrifying uh, it's, it's incredible love, but it's horrifying I love this guy. yeah, this, this, yeah the go protagonist ahead. here is a pathetic aging dude attempting to put the moves on a 19 year old by bragging about his frat exploits and trying to set the mood with a sweet thing reminiscent of a young Aretha Franklin I, I really so... like that he's bragging about how cool he was in college which is a really funny thing for Steely Dan to do considering yes. how much they love to talk about how they're from Bart College <laughs> Uh, and how much, uh, uh, yeah, like the, the bit about, uh, hey, 19, that's Rita Franklin. She doesn't remember the Queen of Soul. Uh, and it's just like, you know, she was still putting out records in the late 70s, man. Like, was... you're not cool because you know who Aretha Franklin is. Oh, a lot of people know who that is, my guy. In her in her book, Respect, the Franklin biographer David Ritz reports that the Queen of Soul was so enraged by the implication that teenagers wouldn't know her and her music that she consulted with lawyers to Wait, see real? if she could sue Steely Dan for libel. Wait, is this a bit? No, it's, it, it's in the genius annotations. Uh, she was talked out of filing the suit because it was baseless. That's here's the thing though okay i was just joking i didn't believe she actually thought that and was so enraged that she was like where's my lawyer (laughs) here's the thing yeah i i'm a little on her side oh yeah no i don't think she's entirely (laughs) off base with that no i think the reason she got talked out of it is that it's really hard to prove in court that someone did libel because you do have to go into like you have to prove that within the context and the narrative of this song, uh, Donald Fagan is saying, like, to an audience, I think that teenagers don't listen to Aretha Franklin. Right. And you he's have to doing find it from a way the to protagonist. Prove that. Yeah. You have to prove that, no, he's not actually singing as this creepy guy that he made up, which is obvious. I don't think actual Donald Fagan would, would say to a 19-year-old, yeah, I bet you don't know who Aretha Franklin is. <laughs> you, have like to, the, you, I, you have to prove that... Uh, both Steely and Dan. Yeah, you have to prove that there's nothing in this book that says it's totally cool and fun to shoot John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to prove. Uh, I think she's... I Well, so the other thing is like, well, you know, the, the point of that verse is that this dude's an asshole. He's yeah. like the cosmic gumbo guy from uh, I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> Yeah, I was just saying the cause. Yeah, I was picturing him with a with a you know, just like horrible sandals and socks, and he's just being so condescending. He is the he is the the guy. He's he's the Tim Heidecker guy. <laughs> can I can I say can I say something about the lyrics without getting too ahead? Yeah, of ourselves. I think the lyrics on this album are my 
favorite lyrics of any Steely Dan album. Yeah. I think, I think this is truly the funniest and saddest uh, Steely Dan album. Uh, it's so for the, sharp. For, for the exact same reasons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially the title track. But like, yeah, I, I, my ideal Steely Dan album is the music of Asia and the lyrics of this. Oh, that would be like the ultimate. That would yeah. be the ultimate. Dance. Even though the music on this album is really great. I have to agree. I think uh, that the lyrics being like particularly like on point and yeah. like so, they're just so wow, they're so Dan. Um, before we move on to the next song, this is kind of the one where they decided to introduce the latest member of the band. Oh, yeah. The third member of Steel. Yes. Band. Yeah. Yes, so yes, 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 yes. yes. They are <laughs> they're working My on King. Babylon system. <laughs> Babylon system. I meant to not say that. Babylon, Babylon system is a great name for like an 80s computer company. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like very core of Virgil. Everyone's Texas. like, oh, yeah. The best my 8-bit microcomputer was the Babylon Z100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, no, so uh, they were working on Babylon Sisters and uh, our friend Donald Steely Fagan. No, he's Dan. Which one did I? I forget which one I assigned them. Oh, God. Anyway, one of them, Donald. He is getting particularly uh, perfectionist about the mix. Uh, I think they get up to 274 mixes of Babylon Sisters before he goes, you know what? I think we got it. Two hundred and seventy-four separate mixes of like, I mean, in the drum track in particular, has like I think five different drummers on it, but all you know spliced together to get the perfect take for each little bit. I mean, it was grueling. It was a grueling process for everyone. There were fifty-five uh, attempts to complete a satisfactory mix of the fifty-second fade out of Babylon Sisters, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, fifty-five attempts on the fade out alone, not the song, just the fade out. That was I was getting to that. I'm glad you bring it up because I almost I almost missed it. I mean, that's uh-huh. just that's just nuts. So everyone ten, tensions are a bit high at one point. And Gary Katz, uh, the producer, longtime producer, I think he produced every Steely Dan album, says to another longtime engineer, Roger Nichols, quote, can't you make a fucking machine to make things perfect? Yes. <laughs> and Roger Nichols said. Yes, but only if you give me $150,000. <laughs> and, and Gary Katz was kind of surprised by this answer because he wasn't expecting even a yes, much less a specific number to, uh, you know, a figure to go oh off of. So God. he goes, uh, I, sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's some of the budget. Make a machine. And he just kind of goes off and does it. And uh, Alex what's the name of that machine oh my metal boy our metal friend it's wendell it's our friend wendell welcome <laughs> welcome to the stage and welcome to the band steely dan the latest member the computer's wendell. back the, the computer, computer. <laughs> this was a according to donald three room computer fuck <laughs> oh, three? i don't know if he was exaggerating or, well, it was the late 70s, so it could have been true. Here's a quote from the liner notes of Gaucho about Wendell, the drum machine, <laughs> by the way. I don't think I said that yet. 
Even the most minute event had to be programmed in the gnarly and unforgiving 8085 assembly language in which all relevant parameters needed to be described in its baffling hexadecimal-based numerical system, which ultimately became the only language Roger Nichols spoke or understood, at least for a time. They wrote it in assembly? (laughs) And not just wrote it in assembly, as in they wrote the program and that was it. They wrote this shit in assembly every goddamn day. (laughs) Holy Holy shit. shit. This was a constantly (laughs) reprogrammable computer. Because you know how, Steely Dan, they like to get things perfect. You know, introducing Uh. a machine didn't just solve it in one go. Uh, Because they were like, yeah, but could the computer move the kick drum a little bit? So Roger Nichols would have to go in. And I've seen a screen. He, I think Roger Nichols has given a talk about it, which I recommend finding if that is true. I'm, I've, I, the picture I saw looked like he was giving a talk about it, so I would assume. Uh, but he had a little snippet of the code, and it was like, oh my god, how did they get this? How did no. it not take fourteen years to make this instead of fourteen months? It's no. very, it's very wonderful that you've got that, and now I can just literally press two buttons in GarageBand and <laughs> and replicate every single drum beat in, on this album. Oh my god, yeah. So, it's it's so fascinating. You're barely exaggerating, too. <laughs> no, I'm I. it's really more like three or four buttons. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's <laughs> the, the, the technological leap from, I mean, 1980, I think we can all agree was a long time ago. Yeah. Yes. But it wasn't that long ago. No. But like, it was... but it's just incredible that you could just like beep boop. Okay, I have Wendell essentially at my fingertips. But they had to get Wendell. They had to create Wendell uh, and build him with one hundred fifty thousand dollars in seventies money. Again, not in not inflation adjusted. So two things. I'm honestly, I'm... surprised it was that cheap. Yeah, same. Yeah, no, no, yeah, uh, it is a pretty good price. <laughs> two things. Uh, one, I'm glad that the story of Wendell inspired the 2008 film Wally. Yep. Um, <laughs> They made him a lot smaller in that one, which was kind of weird. Um, and second, this was something that happened a lot. I don't know if y'all noticed something that happened a lot in like sixties to eighties uh, rock bands. Oh, um, so this this is one of the more successful versions of that. In the nineteen sixties, um, <laughs> in the nineteen sixties, John Lennon gave a man named Magic Alex. Five point five four million yes. pounds. Yes, hello, it's me. Yes, what <laughs> to build the Apple Studio uh, on Seville Row in? Um, oh, like okay, the, wow, I just okay. So he impressed John Lennon. This is how he got the job with something called the Nothing Box. It was a small plastic box with randomly blinking lights, and he bullshitted the hell out of John Lennon and claimed that he could build a seventy-two track tape machine. <laughs> <laughs> he he pretended to build it. And then he fucking left. <laughs> That's so good. Holy Shout shit. out to Magic Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, man. when they went, this, this ties into if if you guys watch the Let It Be system, they went the Let It Be uh, uh, documentary. When they not. went to I go refuse. record Get Back, they discovered an unusable studio. No 72 track tape deck because he had reduced it to 16 tracks. That's all you can fucking do. Mm-hmm. No soundproofing, no talkback system, not 
no patch bay, and the 16 speakers were fixed haphazardly to the walls. <laughs> <laughs> and he built the mixing console out of bits of wood in an old oscilloscope. <laughs> So that is all incredible, but I have to stress that this is the opposite end of the spectrum to <laughs> yes. Wendell. I, was, I, I, was, I had to stand up. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That's a story you got to stand up for and just <laughs> applaud. literally presented him. It's the Mr. Burns with the mystery box. <laughs> that's awesome. Magic Alex walked <laughs> so that Wendell could run. That's true. <laughs> Uh, well, so that that's great. And so he, uh, Magic Alex became a grandfather eventually because Wendell was offered as a commercially available version of it called Wendell Jr. Um, and uh, it, it, it made uh, the, the his now, Roger Nichols' now enormous library of drum sounds just available. You just get it now. And that was huge. I mean, he this guy mm. is like the pioneer of just drum samples. Which Speaking sounds... of which, you can buy Wendell right now. Yeah, Wendell is still Wendell is still a product. Like this is not you can like, buy a Wendell off Reverb if you want to right this second. Wendell still take up three rooms. Drum. No, it's machine. like a little. It's a. It's like a little. Uh, it looks like a, like a rack mounted thing. Yeah, it's it's a it's an it's not the version they were using on Gaucho, unfortunately. I also oh, um, like to point out that these. I mean there are also, um, VST, uh, reproductions that are pretty spot on i think that are like 15 bucks that kind of thing so wendell is available i i really highly recommend getting wendell i like the samples very clean okay. very clean samples wait so, a second real quick i can't, I can't oh. find wendell hold on wendell on like reverb or something rose yeah. what's up i just wanted to say i've actually seen one of the like older models of the wendell uh the place where i went to college had a really good music technology department because somebody in like the dc area who died basically said okay here's all my studio stuff mm -hmm. i had like yeah one of these original wendell machines um it's the like wendell the one, or the wendell jr this like it might have been a wendell jr because I, I think the wendell jr is the one that got into yeah like the, wendell, is, wendell labs digital audio system okay yeah wendell jr yeah, yeah, like okay. wendell is specifically roger nichols's son yeah not the not the blue computer <laughs> Yeah, but Wendell but the, Jr. is the like the, Jr. Yeah, yeah. the cloned son of Wendell that Wendell gives to the world yeah. because he likes to share his son. <laughs> yeah, they had this whole like audio rack and they had a Wendell Jr. and uh, so cool. a couple other things. They also, that studio also had like one of the first vocoders that had ever been put into production. Oh, shit. It was really cool. We got to get back into the studio and, and, and record Gaucho 2. Sounds perfect. <laughs> I think yeah, we could do I'm a really gonna, good job doing Gaucho too. We could even call it the second arrangement. That's oh, like a super group. We can do Gaucho too. Oh, we're cool. The next song we're going to talk about, it's Glamour Profession. I, mean, I feel like every Steely Dan song way. is about a Coke dealer. Yeah. <laughs> this one is specifically God. about a Coke dealer. I, I love this song. This is my favorite song on the album. Yeah, this is one of the songs fighting Hey 19 in my brain for the, for the number one spot. This is it's, so... Such a groove, oh, such an endless God. groove that you want to live in. I love, okay, two things in the song that I love. In the first verse, special delivery for Hoops McCann. I want to change my name to Hoops McCann. I know. <laughs> what a uh, name. And also, when it's all over, we'll make some cars. We'll make some calls from my car. Because um, that was notable at the time. <laughs> that was notable. And it reminds me of just like, I can imagine Steely and Dan having these like, 
kind of like arm mounted like uh portable phones like in a leather yeah this oh. leather car phone this like really yeah. nice you know yeah but then you look at it today and the lcd screen is like 10 times worse than your worst display you have in your house and it's like a car phone just get a cell phone like it's just not a thing that it's the same word uh, it's just very funny that it's uh but it's beautiful uh, I, gotta it's be, absolutely beautiful. I gotta be honest y'all yeah. i think this is not i i don't really care much for this song. you're not a fan of illegal fun no, I'm not a fan of illegal fun. Uh, no, what? how much? I mean, well, so you, how much would you spend for her? So, <laughs> so what? You're not going to spend a quarter just to shine the silver bowl? <laughs> Come on, listen. I uh, look. This whole album is really well done and yeah. really. Uh, this is the song that I like the least on the album. I mm-hmm. think every album's got to have like a sort of you know the weakest song just by default. There's nobody's like, nerfed. Yeah, Poe Buddy's Nerf. There's only like seven songs on this thing. Yeah, 37 um, minutes, uh, yeah. I think. So it's a short one. Um, I just, for some reason, it do- just never clicked with me. I'm sorry. Oh. And and usually these kinds of songs I really do enjoy. There's something really great uh, proto-techno about the entire uh, overall structure of this yeah, song it's, that it's I really so admire. It's so bouncy and driving. Yeah, and I really enjoy it, but it's the one that I come back to the least. I, okay. I uh, there's always got to be one. And hey, we had a guest fair. on that didn't like the band at all, so yeah. like we're gonna we're, we'll accept your your he's actually very light great, criticism. He's, yeah, he's actually a great follow. I really appreciate all the work he's been doing to raise the awareness of hash browns lately. Oh my god, so much so! Shout out to Zach, the mayor of hash browns. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, this is one of my favorite songs. I uh, it's just so fucking That's funky, so, so fun. Um, yeah, I don't. I, it's it's hard to really say. I mean, this is the problem. The more I like something, the 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 less I have to say about it. Okay, I gotta be honest. Uh, this yeah. album is so good, uh, and it makes me want to do cocaine. <laughs> like don't I don't recommend it. I know it's probably like not a great idea to do cocaine, but yeah. like they make it sound really fun. I already have high blood pressure. I don't need that shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I will say, if it if it feels as good as the song sounds, I understand why people get into it. Yeah, uh, but who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm will... never gonna do it. By the way, just don't don't be afraid of me. Nah, don't do coke. <laughs> just stay California sober like me. <laughs> I want to point out that this is another appearance of the Lyricon, that very uh, weird oh. synthesized uh, wind instrument that only oh, Tom Scott has, Lyricon. basically. Lyricon's here. A lot of synthesizer. Donald Fagan on synth here. Uh, we love to fucking see that. Yeah, I like it, but it's not. Um, it's a very simple like. It's just, it's just it's just a good hang to just listen to. I I love it. Um, to me, literally, I just the the bit of like the illegal fun. That's yeah. my favorite. I love that. It's my favorite thing. It gets and stuck like, in my head constantly. It is. It's extremely. It has many bits that are catchy in different ways that all flow together very well. And I feel like it doesn't even. It's a seven minute, seven and a half minute long song. Doesn't feel like it at all. Doesn't no. overstay its welcome. Nope. Also, so, um, yeah. I want Mr. Chow's. We should go to Mr. Chow's. Yeah, when I when I learned that that was a real place, I was like, oh, I kind of want that. I like, still Ch- open? I like Chinese food. Uh, Mr. Chow is still open in Beverly Hills. 
So we could all go to Mr. Chow. I mean, it's four dollar signs. So like, <laughs> uh, <Ooh>. but <laughs> we could go. Let's all go to Mr. Chow's. How many dollar signs, dollar signs like $4, do you right? are as a result of being mentioned in this song? No, it's also on Rodeo Drive. It's Rodeo. Common mistake. <laughs> yeah, it's Rodeo Drive. Maze. Come on. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let let's go to the menu real quick. The Postmates menu for Rode- for uh, Mr. Chow. Oh, yeah, Mr. Give me Chow's and Postmates. Why, what a world we live in. Please. Uh, <laughs> you can get Mom and Yon for sixty-eight fifty. Um, what about I'm, the Szechuan dumplings? Uh, yeah, let's recreate the what the what they got. <laughs> so they don't have Szechuan dumplings, apparently. Oh fuck off! They have, they have water dumplings. Okay, uh, as a first course for twenty eight dollars. Jesus, how many how many dumplings though? I gotta I gotta. Uh, it looks to be about one, two, three, four, five, eight. <laughs> Ooh, I mean oh, they better no. be really good dumplings. <laughs> I don't know. It's pushing it. I'm like, yeah, okay, you did get a shout out in one of the better Steely Dan songs and one of the better albums, but like, I don't think Dr. Wu like raised his prices after getting a mention. <laughs> By the way, uh, beverages at Mr. Chow, Beverly Hills, they have, they that's how you know this is rich people shit because they only have water. They have sparkling or still. Fiji water is $10 and sparkling water is $10. Uh, also, their steamed rice is sixteen dollars. Something I could buy for pennies on the pennies. I at the fucking uh, Ralph's. <laughs> I have officially I, I turned that's... against this restaurant. <laughs> that's a little much. Uh, let's go meet at a. Hold on, you can get lobster for ninety five dollars. <laughs> I have officially turned against <laughs> this restaurant. <laughs> I would never eat a lobster in my life. I would never do that. Oh man, next song. <laughs> they look like bugs. Okay, let's talk about. That's why out. I eat them. Oh, uh, okay. I bet the gaucho would eat it. I told you, y'all. I told y'all my uh, uh, New Year's resolution this year was to eat a bug, right? Oh, no, no. Have you (laughs) done so yet? Not yet. I'm trying to find the best way to do that. Yeah. That Um, is not just me finding a bug and eating it. You can get like, does it have to be living? No, not at all. I mean, you, just like no, I want- you can just buy them in cans. Yeah, I was gonna say you could just buy like, um, like uh, they just uh, I my friends got like roasted, like a bag of roasted crickets. Oh, God, I that I'm thinking of like roasted crickets being done up like barbecue peanuts, <laughs> and like yeah, I kind of do want to try that. So there you go. All right. So if anyone's in the market for a bug snack. There you go. And might I recommend a video game called Bucks Next? That's uh, not but that fun. It's not that fun. <laughs> uh, Gaucho is, well, I was going to say more fun than Bucks Next, but it's not. It's pretty. It's not, it's not a fun song. It's not a fun song. No. <laughs> Disagree. Uh, I like it. No, it's, I, I like it, uh, but it's not fun. There, this, this, is, this is my this is my favorite song on the album. Um, yeah. It's rare that the title track is my favorite song on an album. Uh but just like this one is just Actually, very, it's very funny and very sad. And I think is just, it is so detailed about the kind of person we're talking about that this has to be a true story. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because there are many interpretations as a song uh, that this is just in, you know, it's another one of their, most of their songs, they don't, they're not about a specific guy. They're about like an archetype or like an amalgam of people they know you know, classic creative type shit. You're correct. And that this is such a specific, I mean, 
they're very good at talking about the human condition in a way that is very like you can tell they they know about people but this goes so far into it that is like all right who are you talking about I think all right, they're all right, fess up. Fess up. Who are you talking about? The, the only reason this song is called Gaucho is because they didn't want to call it Dave. <laughs> yeah, they, it was like a little too on the nose. And they're like, we got to give him a nickname or something. God, he's going to know. He's the only one we know who wears ponchos still. So, Nick Tomlinson from, from Smith Street. No, we can't call it that. <laughs> why, why do you insist on doxing him too? We can't do that. <laughs> Jim, who owes me money? <laughs> but before I forget, uh, this, uh, you know how the, the whole album was kind of in a whole legal thing? Uh, the yeah. song in particular had its own legal thing, like separate from the other legal stuff. Yeah. Uh, they were sued by Keith Jarrett for lifting the the bit at the beginning, the, the, the piano intro. Oh, yeah, he's from, credited. From a composition, long as you know, you're living yours. Well, that's part of the settlement. He was awarded uh, part a share of the royalties and composition credit. Yeah. Uh, this is also not the first time they've done this. Uh, this is a classic jazz thing, though. Like, that's a thing. Like, oh. sort of, like, uh, lifting bits from other jazz songs and kind of reinterpreting them or, like, putting it as the intro. I think that this song is about walter becker's addiction that is a com yeah that's a common interpretation and i want to say that that makes sense i don't yeah. know that we're supposed to take all of this entirely literally like some people are like nikki they uh, said it on the back of the record and they said it in the they they said that they stand by everything they they wrote oh yeah that's right and everything yeah. they say is true yeah right everything um, happened a documentary album <laughs> apparently uh I'm, I'm reading the, the the line holding hands on the man from rio the annotation uh the figurative man from rio in the situation is either becker's addiction himself or an actual south, south american drug dealer who is rumored to have appeared at a meeting with the mca record execs did they yeah. call the guy in and be like hey can you please <laughs> <laughs> no i so i've heard yeah i've heard a number of interpretations i've heard that interpretation that the um uh the the gaucho is uh, uh becker's uh heroin dealer and that he does show up uh that's the first the first verse is the time he shows up at the meeting uh just when i say boy we can't miss you are golden then you do this like oh great we were going so good and then this guy shows up right but i don't uh is that i couldn't find anything that, that they said that that confirms that i i don't know right. it seems too it seems too perfect that yeah, the gaucho is a drug literal. dealer uh, I really do think, and this is the interesting thing, right? If this is about Walter Becker, then it is a very deeply personal song because he is the one that wrote the lyrics. Mm -hmm. mm. Which is why I do want to believe that this actually might be kind of, uh, you know, a, a, an introspective song about like him thinking about what he's doing with his life and the people around him at the time. I th I think I think that's how I've interpreted it. I think it is no matter what what it's actually about if it's even about anything specific. Um yeah, I think it's really deeply moving. I think the the <laughs> the like <sighs> it's not cold anger. It's like an anger of like come on man, just 
be better than this. Yeah, it's that anger you have at someone who, if you were not, if you had not been their friend and or business partner for decades, like it's the anger you would have that you would like either you would throw this person out if you had if you weren't basically tied to the hip. Yeah, yeah, and that's like that's such a special connection to someone, a special infuriating relationship to have um and i think this i i don't know i really don't know uh that's the beauty of the steely dan uh oeuvre it's open to interpretation i imagine it 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 could be slightly slightly maybe not fully autobiographical yeah um because yeah his his heroin uh addiction uh gets pretty bad it starts straining the relationship between him and donald it makes working on the album difficult it also leads to the death of his girlfriend in January of 1980. Oof, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, this is a big part of the whole thing about Gaucho. Uh, she overdosed and uh, in his apartment in January, and um, uh, he was not found, you know, at fault uh, for it, I think, officially. And But the family of the, the girl disagreed very strongly, let's say. Yeah. And uh, sued him for, I mean, millions of dollars. Uh, and that went back and forth. Yeah. So just add 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 another lawsuit to the pile of, of gaucho related lawsuits. Never mind. This isn't a fun song anymore. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not that fun a song, is it? Yeah, huh? Thank you very much, Nikki. No, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry to <laughs> bring the tone down a little bit here. But yeah, no. So uh, it, that was settled out of court. I mean, he he it's not like he was like, you know, pleased about the situation he uh he felt awful i mean he, he i think it i think it was a, i think oh it was yeah a, that's like the that's like the kind of that's the kind of lawsuit that you almost are i can imagine you're almost begging to be found guilty just so that you could have like something about it end mm. just so that there's some sort of closure or finality to it i do uh i do want to give karen her flowers a little bit here because she was credited on the Royal Scam, Pretzel Logic, and Asia. And she was a photographer that took a lot of pictures of Steely Dan. And she was basically their road manager. Very tragic. Uh, which kind of, it's uh, it's funny because it leads into the heroin song of the album. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty darkly funny, uh, sort of, uh, I get a lot of... Uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of fun energy and time out of mind. What do we all think about this? I love. Oh. This. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how do I feel about this song. It's yeah. kind of like Uncut Gems. It's the song where I'm like, oh wow, this is a, it's a good song. This feels good to listen to. And then I remember what it's about, and I'm immediately <laughs> just like, oh no. Yeah. Have any of y'all have any of y'all seen the uh, the stand up? "Quote unquote stand-up play." Uh, oh, hello. Yes, I actually yes. saw it. Yeah. Yes. yes, which is where Steely Dan it plays a narrative part of the show. I am now remembering this part of the show. Yeah, yeah. This is so. There's a fake Steely Dan song in the in the show, but the walk-on music is "Time Out of Mind." Mm-hmm. I think that's appropriate. Yeah, I think that's very <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just like what the show is about. I think it is very funny for them to walk onto this song about this 
loser who's really 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 excited to do heroin <laughs> and like really selling someone else on it right Mom, like it'll be fun listen oh my god it's so fun you know why i'm so happy <laughs> let me tell you something the big h i got a lot of <laughs> lot a lot to show you my friend when i chase the dragon yeah so uh this actually i think won the battle i think this actually might be my favorite song on the album Ooh. i think I I I think I you know what? Upon reflection, yeah, Nikki, I think I'm up there with you. I had a really this is a good time to to go into this spiel, the journey I had with this album. I am kind of glad it took a little bit uh, of time to to get to here because it, it gave me enough gave me time to really really mull this shit over. So first listen through of the whole album. In like a critical, like I've heard it a bunch of times before we started the podcast, but like, because I mean, it was partly why I wanted to do the podcast, but like the first listen through of like really listening to it as like a critic, um, I was like, yeah, no, I was right. And the casual listen throughs, this thing is perfect. And then, and we'll get to this after we get through the, the, the official track list. I heard all the demos, the missing songs. Yeah. All the various bits and bobs. Hold on one second. Sorry, I thought someone about, was knocking at my door. Talk about the second arrangement. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> and then that made me. I haven't heard any of this. Oh, well, it made me miserable. And then it made me think that the album just, ah, it's just not perfect. Could have been perfect and it's not perfect. And then I, I went back and forth on a lot of songs like Babylon Sisters I liked and then didn't like. And now I like again. And then like. You know, we haven't gotten to it yet, but we'll get to Third World Man. And the time out of mind, I was just like, all right, this is just too much. But now it's my favorite song in the album. It's it's really, I think it might be my favorite Steely Dan album, too. Yeah. I think I, I think the, the imperfections make it beautiful. And also the fact that Michael McDonald's on it. Yeah, Michael McDonald's on this yeah. one. I'll tell you there that right is. now. Yeah, there yeah. <laughs> is for sure. Kind of, kind of hard to ignore. <laughs> yeah, I like the part where he says "light in my ass." <laughs> where does he uh, say that? He's <laughs> the way he, the way he's the light in my ass. <laughs> he says "eyes" kind of. He kind of says "eyes" a little bit, you know, with a little stank on it. So it makes it a little bit sound like he's saying "light in my ass." <laughs> That's, uh, uh, Michael McDonald in the 70s was really into sunning his perineum. It's <laughs> <laughs> a horrible phrase. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. That such a white women do. That was such a specific phrase. I don't think you could have invented that whole cloth right now. Sunning your very, perineum. No, that's a really yeah. LA thing. <laughs> Fucking God, LA. You know, they were right to I make a whole album my... about how LA sucks. I don't sun my perineum. I yeah, should. I bet you I'm do. saying that you do it. I'm saying I'm that... saying it now. I bet he does. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna start this rumor. He knew he knew to reference that way too quick. <laughs> so I'm I, Jacques Jacques of perineum sunning. Whoever smelt it sunned it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Uh, I really am. I got obsessed with the song uh last week to the point where I just listened to it on a loop for like an entire day. Mm-hmm. I don't do that to a lot of songs. There are some songs that I just like, I got to There's the layers of it. Oh, the, the whole album is produced immaculately. Obviously I'm burping because of all of my feelings. They're trying to escape all at once. 
but uh, every song is worth multiple re-listens because of everything that is is buried in the mix. And this this one is so nice, but you know it's funny because the thing with Babylon Sisters having two hundred seventy four takes, part of that, most of it, was Donald Fagan's uh, insistence that the drum track of Babylon Sisters was not uh, perfect. It needed to be perfect. But there is a like outstandingly obvious flaw in the drum track to Time Out of Mind. And I'm trying to find the exact bit. I wrote it down somewhere, but there's there's a part in Time Out of Mind where I think around the one minute 50 second, I'm trying to remember, there's, a, there's like one snare in the entire song that's just weirdly really quiet. Hold on, I'm I'm pulling the album out on, on my yeah. headphones. Right I'm now. willing to edit the part out where we just listen to the song to make sure I'm thinking of the right one. Yeah, you're fine. Hold on. Actually, I think it's in the chorus, but I did notice one beat like being weirdly on oh, the chorus quieter than you. Yeah. Have. Very weird. Yeah, it's like if it's obvious enough, obvious enough for us to hear it, like damn, my boy Wendell fucked up. How? Yeah, Wendell. It's Wendell's one mistake. They actually burnt down Wendell after finding out that he made a mistake. <laughs> no, that's why they had to make Wendell Jr. <laughs> they killed Wendell in cold blood. Oh, they killed Wendell. <laughs> uh, no, anyway, that is, I just, I thought it was funny because, you know, they just left in just a little bit. It's like such a perfect, it represents the album in this, 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 it, this whole album where the whole entire point was to perfect Asia and do better than that. And like to the point where you're just doing thousands of takes of every song, and you just leave in that one weird little obvious mistake. It's just perfect. Uh, but no, everything about the, the rest of the song is perfect, actually. Uh, the, the, the line delivery on I am holding the mystical sphere is the greatest Donald Fagan vo- vocal take of all time. I am now holding the mystical sphere. I would say, yeah he hits it so hard and heavy and it works uh yeah i love this song one of the one of the one of the steely dan songs of all time did i also see right that mark knopfler does the were you saying that there's just like a 15 second guitar solo for this but they record for 10 hours this is this is the song he spent 10 hours on and appears in about 15 seconds worth of material (laughs) uh he does it great you know, there's a reason he, uh, there's a reason Donald picked that 15 seconds. Uh, the reason I keep re- uh, referring to Donald making a lot of these decisions and not Steely Dan. Well, you know how January 1980 really sucked for Walter? Yeah. Uh, yeah. About three months later, he gets hit by a car. <laughs> Whoa, don't mean to laugh. But... Yeah, uh, but. He's uh, <laughs> really just piling it on. At this right, point. like, God. <laughs> Yeah, really kick a man when he's down, why don't you, you know? Um, and that, I mean, that just, that makes it, like, uh, this This was a tough album for him. Walter really fucking went through it this time, this time around. Yeah, they let him have it. It was it was a cab, specifically. He was hit by a cab in Manhattan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which is, like, I have also been hit by a cab in Manhattan. Uh, it's really easy to get hit by a cab in Manhattan, so I don't blame him. yeah. His cab was seemingly going faster than mine because I was just merely bruised. 
Uh, but he was forced to uh, walk with crutches Oof. while recovering. You know who also got hit by a cab in Manhattan recently? Flansburg, didn't he? Oh, yeah. No. So Flansburg was he was driving home from a gig and uh, a, a, a car hired for him to take him back to the hotel and a drunk driver rammed the side of their car oh Ooh. fuck yeah. Damn. yeah i thought it was i thought it was he was in a cab well no he was it was yeah it was a Ooh. yeah he made a he made a very quick recovery they're back on they were back on tour like two months later it's a it, this dude's in his 60s it's incredible. yeah legit That's shout amazing. out to flansburg yeah uh so yeah people people getting hit and it was in new york too uh so yeah people getting hit in new york with, with cars watch out out there uh new yorkers that's just how new york works everyone's so uh it's everyone's uh and the city never sleeps or uses their brakes that's true uh time out of mind good time Let's out of mind good to my rival your rival my rifle your rifle. yeah everyone knows my rifle will wheaton ah oh, fuck will wheaton fuck will wheaton that sucks I hope he's been listening to this the whole time, being like, I love them. And then Will Wheaton, we're like, fuck Will Wheaton. And then he's like, no, no. Oh, no. And then he's going to try and put me on his Twitter block list. But it turns out I'm already on there. So you can't do shit to me anymore. Are you blocked by him? No, I'm not only blocked by him, but I'm on the his very, very widely used block list full of Nazis and trans people he found annoying once. <laughs> Uh-oh. Anyway, he's hey, my rival, and the song is about him. <laughs> Will Wheaton, if you block me for saying "fuck you," uh, I work on Star Trek. You can't do that. You can't. You literally can't do that. <laughs> That's illegal. It's part of the Star Trek code, right? I like this song. Yeah, I love this song. <laughs> it's like a real slinky kind of. I don't know. It's, a, just, it's, a it's got a swagger boy. to it. Yeah, it's a real cheeky boy of a song. <laughs> It's a little boom, 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 boom. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Guests, our esteemed guests, what do we think? I get it's super bouncy and weird and fun. I feel bad about this, but this I if there's one thing, my one criticism of Gaucho, mm-hmm. I don't like my rival. I don't like the song. Yeah. What is it? What is it not doing for you that it's the rest is? Just, it just doesn't stick. I feel like mm. so much of this album really sticks out in my mind. There's certain bits and pieces that I'm like, oh yeah, I'll they get lost forever. Exactly. Yeah. I like every the bit about I the mystical listen, sphere. It's like stuck in my head. Right. Exactly. Or like the illegal fun bit. I'm gonna be thinking about that until I'm just like just dead. I can't remember the song. Every time I hear it, I'm just like, what is this? What? Yeah. This is on Gaucho? Okay. <laughs> it's not a bad song. I don't think it's a bad song. I just don't. It's the low point. It's for just you. An, it's a nothing song for me, unfortunately. It just doesn't do anything for me. That's fair. I had a, it. It actually did take. This was the song out of all of them that took the longest for me to like get. So like, I understand. Like if we if I had. Uh, you know, if I had only listened to this twice before the show and then reviewed it, I'd be like, "Yeah, this one stinks." But uh, no, I I think this grew on me. I, it is also not my favorite, um, but I don't know. There's something about it that, like the 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 chorus, like the way he sings "Jolly Roger." That's another one of those like hooks that gets stuck in my head now. I don't know. It's it's good. I I do I like, like the it. chorus. I will say that I do like the chorus. The chorus is a really good part. Oh yeah, it yeah. just yeah. I don't... Like I said, not a bad song, not as memorable for me. Great chorus, though, I will say. Yeah, yeah. By the way, 
Uh-huh. The official Steely Dan website has a 2022 tour shirt with the Anthony's Bar and Grill logo on it. Oh, fuck yeah. Wait, are they? did they tour last year? They've been touring. Don, well, yeah, Donald Fagan is at least. Rest in peace, Walter Becker. Um, they've been touring. Did they? Yeah. They didn't take COVID off? Uh, I think they took COVID off. Okay, but everyone is pretending that it's over. And so 2022 was the first year that we started doing that. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a $45 shirt. I wouldn't buy it. That's the problem. Can my listen, musicians out there, cheaper shirts. Come on. Also, the there's an Asia crew neck that they sell that's seventy dollars. Oh God, I kind of want that though. <laughs> I, I I I I'm never gonna get those sweatpants, am I? I love those sweatpants. I found I'm out that the sweatpants. The sweatpants that, uh, are so good. Auxiliary friend of the show, Juan, has the Asia sweatpants. Right? No, I saw that too. I told him I was like, oh, I'm insanely jealous. <laughs> Hell yeah, they're so good. We got to talk about the last song on the album before we talk about the rest of the album. So um, (laughs) let's talk about it. Let's talk about Third World Man. Third World Man is good. Third World Man is a song about Jack White. He's (laughs) the Third World Man. He He does do a lot of couching on the lawn. Did he he name it after this song? His his little uh, enterprise? Uh, Alex, you know more about uh, about. Jack White than me. <laughs> is that a direct reference or is that just a sort of No. I mean uh, are we are we in are we in the I got a cat right here too. Hold on. Oh, cat on the pod. Yeah. Oh. Say hi. Say hi cat. Okay. Meow. Her, name, her name's Ripley. She hates being here. That's um, fine. Um I mean in universe, I mean do you want a joke answer or do you want the real answer? <laughs> Uh, joke answer then real answer. Okay, joke answer yes. Um, good joke. Real, uh, joke answer yes. It is related to this song specifically. Yeah. Uh, real answer. Uh, it's called Third Man Records because of uh the movie The Third Man, uh, which is a really great oh, uh yeah. noir movie with uh, Orson Welles. Right. That, of course. Uh, my, Jack, that Mike White is a really big fan of. Oh, see, I prefer to imagine that he was the third man doing 9-11 because that's how I feel about Jack White. Oh, I just assumed Jack White was the third man. Like there was Adam and then there was Steve and then there's Jack White. Between between Steve and Kane, there was and, Jack White. And if I understand the new Robert Eggers movie, Joaquin Phoenix? Anyways, he, he might be the fourth man. <laughs> That's the, there's, a, there's a new Robert Eggers movie coming out. Yeah, it's called something. It's uh, something to do with Bo. Bo in the title. Oh no, that's the new Ari Aster movie. Or Ari Aster. Thank you. I don't mean to confuse the two. Speaking of my rivals, anyway, <laughs> more rivals. That movie looks good, by the way. It does. Uh, so Third World Man. What is this song about? Is this about? What is this song about? Um, Third World Man. What do we think? Say. What do we think? Well. Genius doesn't know what any of these songs are about. It's just like whoever had the best interpretation. I don't it's know. It's just like guys. Works. Yeah. It's just a bunch of guys that who are they? Uh, but like, what do we think the song's about? Well, first it's of all, like, Genius says it, they think it's about a child soldier, which I don't know. I, Again, they say like this is a chi- Johnny is a child soldier. Like it's fact. What? 
it's like, like they how just... every animal collector song is about drugs to songmeetings.com. <laughs> right. Like they the genius annotations are like some helpful to know how people are like interpreting it generally, but like they state it as if it's like the fact, which I always find annoying. Because yeah. then people will look up a song and go, Oh, I guess what that that's what the song's about. I always got the idea of it being like a uh like a war veteran. Yeah. Um, yeah. not necessarily child soldier, but I think it, and this might be a very literal thing, but when I read by it, it, it has like the, the lyrics feel like hypervigilance. Yeah. The fireworks bit. I saw the fireworks. I believe that I was dreaming till the neighbors came out screaming. Seems like very like, but also like the, the, in the chorus too, just talking about like wanting to keep the sidewalk safe for the little guy. For the little guy. It's a very it was, like hypervigilance. It's, it's his like, birthday. You wouldn't hurt the little guy on his birthday, would you? The... <laughs> You wouldn't throw down your disguise for a little guy, would you? <laughs> He's talking about, uh, this song is actually about video games, because as we all know, there's a, always a little guy in video games. That's the whole thing about a video, <laughs> video game. Video games are mostly about a little guy. And, uh, you know, when the sidewalks are safe for that little guy... It means you can play your Game Boy there. We will have true world you peace. Get, you get rid of all the uh, Koopa, Koopa Troopas. <laughs> Because there's not, they're not on the sidewalk anymore. So that the sidewalk can be Ignore safe me. for my, um... my jokes aren't good. This. Do you think so... Steely Dan ever played Super Mario Brothers? Fuck yeah! Oh, absolutely. I think it's the whole absolutely. thing. They got real high and played Super Mario Brothers. I don't even think the 1980 was I Donkey mean, Kong 1980 or 1981. Donkey Kong is 81. They had they had Wendell. I'm going to say that they had yeah. like early, early, early video game stuff. They had Pong. They're they were very, sure. yeah. They were very quick to uh, record to digital. I mean, they, these guys liked technology. Yeah, I could see them. Yeah, maybe maybe Walter Becker had a had a Pac Man face. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe if hey, instead of real, if, if real quick, I gotta put hold on. I gotta put my pizza in the oven. It'll be oh, one minute. Okay, oh, pizza time. Sweet. I was gonna say maybe if maybe if they you know if they recorded Gaucho today, they would have. Um, <laughs> you couldn't record Gaucho today. What with cancel culture? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you threw me off. Uh, they, Sorry. <laughs> maybe they maybe they'd have an addiction to Fortnite instead of to uh, heroin. And the yeah. song yeah. Would be about that you the glamour profession would be about the song would be about the um the the, the Fortnite <laughs> V bucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're trying to give Hoops McCann. Uh, 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 a victory royale. Fortnite. Really excited for Epic to put Hoops McCann in, in the Fortnite <laughs> in the next season. He's Jungle Jim again. He's going to be there. Yeah, he's Schoolyard Superman. He's going to get number one victory royale. Speaking of Epic, isn't it crazy that like ba- Epic bought Bandcamp like a year ago and then nothing has happened since? I thought they were going to. I'm so worried. I was I'm really still... hoping they would like. I feel like they are waiting for everyone to forget that they did that until <laughs> they do something. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. Uh, a, a giant company like that doesn't buy a thing like Bandcamp because they like artists. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, all right, guys, I'm back. Uh, Epic Epic just threw a rock through my window. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. We no, should no, have found out before. I have a Bandcamp and they said they're doing it to everyone now. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, are- the shoe dropped. <laughs> they're making you. They're making you scan yourself to put your put you in Fortnite. Fucking yeah. knew it. Actually, but at cool. least I'll finally be able to get that vinyl campaign. 
Yay! Nikki, you know you're the only one on Neo Detritus with the vinyl campaign activated? Yeah, it's really fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, well, so I... How do I... What? You can, you can do... just tell Bandcamp, hey, I... They gave you the access and it's like, hey, I want to make one of my uh, music things a vinyl record. Can we do that? And they'll say to oh, you... Oh, I see. Yes. I'm the only one that has that option? Yes. Why? I don't know. I, I I always get the I don't know. I must be on some like special special little guy list because <laughs> like when I was in Chicago, I got invited to like a meetup that like barely anyone got invited to, and then like and there was like writers there. I couldn't make it because I had work, but like and then I I keep getting like the the weird A B testing special features. I always keep getting them first. Someone someone at Bandcamp must really like me. Shout out to whoever my my guardian angel at Bandcamp. <laughs> Yeah, I can. I'm on your page right now because the Neo Detritus Bandcamp. I can. I can access your. Uh, You're in. As, yeah, as I'm, the I'm on your page. I can add an album as you right now if I wanted to. Oh, uh, cool! Don't do that, please. It says add <laughs> and then vinyl campaign, and you can set up a fucking vinyl campaign. Well, it's funny <laughs> because I think I've been... vinyl records 2023. Yeah, well, no, it's I was just about to say it's funny because I think I'm the one I'm the one person on the label least likely to want to do a vinyl. I did vinyl. I don't care about it. I don't know anymore. I did it once. (laughs) I'll leave vinyl to the Taylor Swifts of the world. It seems to be the only people who can get their fucking vinyl in stores. It's actually the pipeline is actually starting to weirdly get unclogged a little bit. Oh, Oh, shit. Yeah, Yeah, I was expecting that to not take until like 2026. Oh, yeah. I've been talking to like friends of mine who work at record stores and it's like no apparently it's starting to ease up a little bit oh, okay well our like our, really uh... quick too just sort of like oh by the way it's gonna go back to like six weeks instead of uh 28 so. are y'all okay with us pressing this this podcast to vinyl then yes <laughs> yeah, I mean, turnaround Which... time seems reasonable enough that yeah that sounds i mean we want the fidelity you know yeah, it's the Gaucho episode, right? <laughs> uh, all that's staying in, none of it's getting edited out because it is the Gaucho episode, and I'm lazy. Um, let's see. Uh, Third World Man, I do have a, a few thoughts about it. Um, that I didn't get to mainly that this is my stinker of the album. Really, I would stinker is harsh, of course. Um, I'm doing that for humor. Ain't I um, stinker? I think it is a slightly disappointing ending. I feel uh, like it's a little bit out of place with the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we'll soon talk about, it's because it is. Uh, I, I'm not trying to hold that against it, um, but like I think it just is a little bit... It's not a bad song, but it just doesn't... It doesn't finish Gaucho to me. It feels like there's still more that needs to be... Feel like there's more gaucho. I just feel like there should be more. Well, there was more gaucho, and then they got they accidentally uh, deleted it. Yeah, yeah I guess we'll talk see. about it. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So um I did it does genuinely feel out of place because it was originally for Royal Scam. Yeah. Third World Man. And it was never, it wasn't even uh um it wasn't even originally called that and had different lyrics and everything. Um, it was originally a song called Were You Blind That Day? I like, I I think genuinely the song, the only difference between uh, the versions of Were You Blind That Day that have been released 
uh, leaked, you know, release slash leaked uh, that we have. Uh, it's basically just the backing track to Third World Man, but with the old lyrics and um, not a lot of the, um, you know, uh, backing vocals. Right. Uh, it's it's just Donald, but it, the lyrics I think are so much better. I, it's it's more of a um, sort of a takedown of like a a guy like trying to be blind to the suffering of the world. Like it's 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 very it's I like it. Um, uh, and uh, it that was gonna be for Royal Scam, and then they just sort of kept it in their little Steely Dan fault. That concept feels very. Yeah, you're right. That feels very much more like it would fit in with the Royal Scam. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, anyway, so it's not a bad song. I just feel like it's a little bit out of place because like we've mentioned a couple times, there was, there were other songs. There are, um, I believe uh, it was called, um, oh God, if I'm remembering correctly, is it Heartbreak Souvenir? Um. I don't actually know. Do we not know about that one? Okay, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is Heartbreak Souvenir. Um, there's a couple songs that uh, got cut, and we've never heard them. And the only reason we know Heartbreak Souvenir exists as a song, fully finished song that was cut from Gaucho, uh, is because uh, our friend, our good friend Steve uh, Steve, uh, Steve Kahn, the guitarist, yeah. was like, "Yeah, I worked on that. We finished it, and they didn't like it and cut it." And then there were several others like Kind Spirit, Cooley Baba, The Bear, talking about my home. And we're going to talk about the second arrangement in here because that thing is I, the only one that you can hear, right? The, no, you can actually. There are. I will send a link uh, in the uh, Zoom chat here in a little bit, probably afterwards when we're wrapping up. Uh, there are many outtakes and demos of varying levels of being finished of most of the known lost gaucho tracks. Huh. So Coolie Baba can be heard. There's a couple of versions. There's like an up-tempo and a low-tempo version of Coolie Baba. Uh, there's uh, basically kind of one one demo tape of the bear. Uh, and there is, there's, okay, so the second arrangement, they're working on a song. This is one of the most, one of the more, I keep bringing Babylon Sisters up. I think that was the one that they spent the most time on uh, that actually got finished. The one they spent the most time on in full was probably the second arrangement. Mm -hmm. They were being meticulous with this. They were being, uh, there were, tw uh, they ended up with 24 separate tracks uh, that, that compiled the song, 24 tracks. And all of those tracks individually, you know, went through tens and tens of editing processes on their own, right? And then the whole song together, the mix, uh, they went through hundreds of mixes, costing thousands of dollars to put together the second arrangement. And it's worth it because I've heard the demos. <laughs> I genuinely think this is, this would have been number one hit. This would have been regarded as one of the greatest Steely Dan songs of all time, if not their best one ever. Yep. And they finally are getting down to the wire on uh, finishing up the album and they're wrapping up second arrangement and a, an assistant engineer is told by one of the engineers Ooh. to rewind the tape, uh, the whole 24 track tape to rewind it back to the beginning so that they can listen to it yeah. again, see if they need to make any mm -hmm. changes. He then does this. He also, while doing this, presses the record button. Ugh. <laughs> 
they don't realize that he presses the record button until they get to about two the the two minute mark in the song and they quickly are like oh fuck and then stop it so we do have two minutes of the instrumental of the second arrangement but this poor fucking bastard made just a colossal mistake and it's you know anyone can fat finger it you know we've all done it we've all been there but not like this i've never been like this never like this never like this i've never erased a whole song by mistake (laughs) y'all know the toy story 2 uh uh debacle that is very similar to this oh sure do yeah they lost the render or something in a computer crash yeah. computer crash and uh they basically lost oh 75 to 80 percent of the finished film most of the film now most here's where film. it's now here's where it's different though they had a backup didn't they well yeah, yeah because someone kind of broke an nda or something uh-huh. no, she, want... she was pregnant she's working from home she was oh, pregnant right. working from home brought a computer to home to work on they realized that's the only existing copy left of the film that's and so right. they they have her wrap it in like a mountain of blankets and drive really really slowly back to pixar with it <laughs> <laughs> so and that's the thing all of this happened in your neck of the woods nikki by the way yeah, literally in Point Richmond. I could go over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's but that's where it's different. This was the master tape of the second arrangement. The reason the half the reason they were rewinding it is so they could make a backup of it. Oh, oh no. Like and, it, they just, and it was their la- and they only had two days left until retirement. like yeah really just it's like it's almost too perfect so uh gary katz and roger nichols um they had they have said and have continued to say that it was both their favorite steely dan song that they worked on and they thought that that would have been they also agree with me and that it would have been an enormous hit they realized that this happened and the i mean everyone's fucking devastated was he fired now I haven't read that. I don't. I don't know. I. I would. I would be. I would say that that's an overreaction. Mm-hmm. This was also the seventies, so I would not. Yeah. Put it past them to just be like, get your fat fingers out of here. Yeah, get out of here. Go get us uh, more cocaine or whatever. Um. No. So they. So they go and they're like, shit. Uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to tell Steely and Dan. <laughs> so they go oh, so into. So they weren't even in the room. They go, they're in the studio, but they just weren't there at the moment that this tragedy happened. So uh, I forget if it's Gary Katz or someone goes, so so someone goes to Donald Fagan, who's in the studio. They go and find Donald and they tell him what happened. And without a single word, he just gets up and leaves. (laughs) He's just gone. (laughs) Which... Honestly, best way to handle that. Yeah, he's, yeah. you know, he's not yelling. Yeah. He's not, yeah, it just, but can you imagine like, that? I if, I, if I am in this room for 30 seconds more, it's going to be on the news. He <laughs> said that that was one of the worst days of his career. Yeah. I, Jesus. Yeah. That's so fucking bad. That's, that's so fucking bad. I that's yeah, part of the story I did not know was that they weren't in the room when it happened. Is that Gary or the assistant who 
fucked up had to be the one to tell someone had to be like yeah there's it adds that extra extra that extra little cherry on top of like oh fuck now someone's gotta tell him someone's gotta (laughs) tell them oh oh god that's awful and it that was kind of the camel that broke i already fucked up that phrase that's not how it goes the camel comes afterwards it really broke it really broke steely dan to the point where i think it i think it was a i think it was a large part of why they broke up i mean there was a lot of stuff going on that that led to it um but i think it was just another it was just one of the straws um really awful year because they did try and re-record it it's not like they just gave up a couple days uh they donald finally returns um and they try again they spend like thousands of more dollars trying to get back to it but they just like the mix they were working on that was just it was just perfect you know what that heat again i'm gonna i'm gonna send it we're gonna listen to it have have y'all ever accidentally deleted a song no once there is and i'm mad about it because it's i'm not going to say it's a second arrangement thing but it's a song that i was very proud of and i cannot find it for the life of me and i either didn't save it right or i accidentally deleted it oh that's like a lot of my early stuff i can't find i can't find those those i I I can't find the michael hess source tapes i I was gonna say i have the mp3s of some of your early stuff still i found them on my old laptop from around oh, that time i have the mp3s but, i just can't yeah. find the source files i used, used to be really meticulous but oh the source gone. files oh all those are gone yeah i yeah, might have source files for like the past four or five albums of mine are just gone just disappeared just gone yeah i i when i wanted to do we shop channel remix 2021 edition i had to recreate it from scratch yeah it was oh, wow. awful i think it came out better well yeah i mean that was also i mean it was good because it wasn't full of fucking sound well i wanted to go back to the the thing i wanted to go back to the original project file just turn off all the sound goodizer and that would be fine i feel like that was the only problem but no i had to like recreate the whole thing. anyway um i'm sending i'm gonna edit some of this out um damn it make me do work but we're gonna listen to you know what let's yeah just take take the time to listen to second arrangement and then everyone come back and we'll talk about it okay Okay. So this is like untreated. There's a lot of like remastered versions. They all sound like shit. This is like the original bootleg that's been floating around since the 90s. And the second arrangement is number one. Everyone listen to it and uh, like message in the Zoom chat when you're ready to return to recording, I guess. Okay. <laughs> what yeah yeah what the hell yeah so that's yeah but that's if i had lost that song i would have killed myself (laughs) i was gonna say i would never record again i'd be done i i wouldn't no that's it i wouldn't be on this i wouldn't be on this planet i would not be on this planet i just wouldn't be i would have scrapped the rest of the record i would have gone full brian wilson smile I might have seen how many people I could take with me. It would have been that upsetting. I don't know. We just, if we, if they had just tomorrow released the exact same file as we just heard it with nothing done to it, it yeah. would be, it would be, it would be the greatest song of the year. It would be yeah. like, this is, this is just. Oh, you think Kate Bush had a big 2022? 
Oh, you should like see Steely Dan's is- 2023 if they release the second arrangement, just the weird tape that they found on the internet. Like, if this this is just a little dirtier than something like Unknown Mortal Orchestra or like a bunch of like lo-fi other bands, yeah. right? Bands. Yeah, th- like if they if they turned up the high on this just a just the treble on this track just a little bit and put it out, the internet would explode. It's yeah. the great. I'm. Oh my god! I, I, mm-hmm. I, the majority of me listening to the second arrangement, y'all. And when I say y'all, I also mean everyone listening to the podcast. The full collective y'all. The collective y'all. I spent the majority of listening to this with my head in my hands, going, "Why the fuck didn't they just put this on like a bonus disc or something?" What? Yeah. Or like oh, this is the first time I'm hearing this song. I know this literally is the best version it's of the song we have. Oh, so good, though. I mean... So great. I don't care about it's incredible. Music. Honestly, I don't like... I care about fidelity. This is an incredible song. I enjoy... And I, I feel like I'm... I don't know. I enjoy they, a good tape warble. Yeah, it makes just, it sound great. Yeah, okay, they, I think they, it really adds something to this specific song, too. Um, what the last King Gizzard album sounded like. Yeah, they could have put it out in 2009. They could have rebalanced the tape. They could have made it, you know, just mono, maybe with a little st- uh, stereo spread. Indie Darling. Treble. Indie Darling it, single. It, yeah, it would have been just, it would have sounded like Neon Indian. It would have blown Passion Pit out of the fucking water. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I oh, genuinely, I, I, there is a reason I paused the recording of the podcast to just, for five minutes just to listen to it. I just, I li- the last time I listened to it, right before I hopped in the Zoom call. Like, I'm going to go right back to that. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's so fucking rules. Yeah, that was screaming now. I apologize to <laughs> y'all having to like master this at the end. Also, my pizza's ready. So, one second. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. Ah, uh, boy. Well, holy <laughs> crap, the second arrangement. God, it's so good. What yeah, so hell? I, I, um, so f- folks listening at home, I, what I, the link I sent to the Zoom was the complete gaucho outtakes unedited is what is on YouTube. Um, this is just a, there are many treatments and try, you know, remixes people try and do because everyone wants to get like the perfect sounding second arrangement. So there's like a ton that are just like, you tried, but like it's just not going to happen. Uh, so you, you know, if you want to hear like, so this version we're hearing, I don't actually, I don't remember what, like how we got this. Cause this is obviously not the one that was erased. Yeah. This is probably an earlier mix. Um, and if I remember correctly, it is missing um, like uh, it doesn't have the horns. Yeah. But I don't think it needs it. No, there's like one spot where you can kind of tell there would have been like a horn sting or something. Yeah. But like you don't like it's not that much of a gap, really. Because, um, I mean, the rest of the song just grooves so hard. Uh, so, yeah, I would. Ch- hey, I would you guys, check out- uh, give me a second. I'm going to see what the hell just happened. Oh, OK. Oh, OK. Hey, I'm back. Hey, welcome. Oh, and you, your sound is better. Yeah, sorry. I've been like messing with levels. No, you're good. Yeah, no, it probably was because you're for some reason you were yelling. You got really quiet. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> so I got to like, uh, I don't know. Like I said, that's why we do compression. Yeah. I'm Shout just... out to compression. You know what? Growing up, I was told uh, by, you know, multiple, you know, big wigs and you know, quote unquote big wigs and like the indie music world and everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, compression sucks. It sucks all the life out of everything. And That's I didn't true. use compression at all until mm, five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? Compression rules. It's so good. You just just don't overdo it. It's all. That's all. Yeah. Like, that's it. If you listen to We Shop Channel Remix, the original. Oh, my God. Someone told me, no, compression's really good. You want a lot of it. And then I went, I took that way too seriously. Um, so... You at least want to compress your vocals. You gotta, yeah, just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, just a little M- bit. Music making, music making part of the audience. If I can address specifically the music making part of the audience, real quick. Yeah, yeah, uh, you uh, camera two over there. Yeah, thank you. Um, you gotta compress your vocals. Uh, if you don't do anything else, put please put compression on your vocals. It's just gonna make it sound good, and more than anything else, it's gonna make it sound like your vocals belong in the song that you're making and don't just sound like they're either hiding out way in the back or just or sitting slapped on top, on top of yeah, yeah or sitting on top of the song that's like the hardest thing that like um i prefer not doing a lot of lyrics or um, a lot of vocals i mean um but a lot of that in the before times like years and years ago when i was starting out was mostly because i would try and uh, mix in some vocals and i would just be like this just sounds like shit uh, <laughs> yeah, the, other, the other part of this is that I'm a trans person and I've hated my voice for, let me just yeah. uh, double check this uh, birth. Yeah. So that also is part yeah. of it. I, uh, but the vocoder, the vocoder vocals. The yeah. Vocoder baby. Um, let's see. If I had one piece of music production advice that I could give to you right now, like gun to my head, what's the one thing? Turn down your hi-hat. Oh, you think you turned it down enough? turn down a little bit more yeah you really got to turn down the so, so when I, started... I i i had loud hi-hats for a long time and sometimes i listen to an old song and go stop oh my god well yeah like when i started recording using live drums for the first time a few years ago that was something i had to learn super quick yeah. also it was partially why i found that last sufjan stevens album to be really fucking unlistenable because the hi-hats the lo- loud the 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 highs the the trebles in that album are so fucking loud there's a lot of pings and weird little it gets painful it gets genuinely painful to listen to yeah it's legitimately painful i have a i have a tinnitus tinnitus how do you pronounce that tinnitus yeah i have that uh and sometimes it'll just clash with it in a way that is deeply unpleasant sometimes so like i like bright songs it's not bad to be to brighten up a song yeah. Don't go crazy with the highs. Turn down your hi-hats. The thing is about a hi-hat is that, you know, the way and low the and yeah, the way low and high works is like you you can you can have your bass be real quiet and your your hi-hat be real quiet at the same level, but it will be perceived to be louder than the bass because of just how the human ear yeah. hears Stuff like that. We're we're stall- we're stalling a little bit because we hey, don't know what no, happened. No, I'm 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 back. Okay, okay, welcome. Everything uh, okay? Sorry, we're cleaning out the office and something just <gasps> shattered glass, so I had to clean up the glass. Oh, shit. oh yeah, everything all right? Oh, no. Yeah, I touch broken glass with my bare hand. No, I'm fine. <laughs> um, Rose, do you have anything? Any one thing you'd want to tell the musicians listening to out there? Oh God. Uh, 
I, I'm not, I'm still getting back into music. I feel like I don't have anything other than don't get too granular with your sampling. That's something I get lost in. That's Could a fantastic, you... that's, that's a fantastic piece of advice. Are you kidding? Yeah. I'm fuzzy on the word. I'm fuzzy on the word granular. Could you, uh, so like the best way I can describe it for me is I hyper-focus on trying to make sure that my audio is clipped so perfectly so that I get it to loop as perfectly as I want. Gotcha. And I will waste all my energy trying to yeah. get like, too yeah. specific and too like chopped up so that I can control every little gotcha, gotcha. microsecond. Okay. Another little quick tip about music and the way the brain perceives it. It does not have to be perfect. No, it doesn't have it, to be perfect at all. That's really the biggest thing I'm trying to overcome. Yeah. Well, that and remembering how to work Ableton. You want oh, the loop to do it. You want the loop to loop, but you know, it, 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 it fudge it. Yeah. Also, real quick, use GarageBand. Just use GarageBand. All the I young, all the young Macintosh. If you have young musicians, if you have access steal a Macintosh, to, <laughs> steal a Mac, get a Mac. It is literally the only Apple product worth a damn. Do not buy uh, a new one. Buy a used one that isn't beat up, because God. It's Boy, howdy, it's ass. just so yeah. expensive. Hang on, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Mac minis are $500 now. Really? Yeah. Oh. The yeah, new get ones. A, okay, 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 get, get a, a Mac, Mac mini. Get a Mac <laughs> mini, get GarageBand, and just use GarageBand. Don't listen to anyone who tells you that GarageBand sucks. GarageBand is great. It's yeah, going to only... yep. save you so much money. Oh, my God, GarageBand will save you so much money. You make yeah. me want to... Go back to GarageBand. Garage you say that, and I've already spent over two thousand dollars, probably on Ableton. <laughs> yeah, I see. I grew up when I was learning music production stuff. It was all through Reason, and so everything I've been trying to learn is just unlearning Reason. Mm. Oh, I it's remember. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to rely on it. I, I love it so much, but it's also just like too expensive. But yeah, for me, I'm very much a visual learner. So having that like virtual rack really helps. Also, yeah. there's literally free synth samples all over the goddamn place. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what it is. Once I realized that, I was like, oh, wait, I don't I don't need reason. It's time to learn Ableton. Oh, get a, yeah. Get I a guess... cheap ass MIDI controller and just browse the Internet of just free synth packs. There I are just... Can I can I reveal something actually? Please. This conversation is the subject of my uh, upcoming first book. Oh. Yay, a book! Hell yeah! I, I figured I don't know. I'll make a movie and a book and a couple albums this year. Nice, big, big Nicky year. Yeah, it's gonna be big Nicky year because 2022 we're is kind of doing, a dud. <laughs> we're also doing our thing, and we're also doing our other thing. That is also still happening this year. So that's also on top of it. I'm trying to stay real busy, and I'm streaming more regularly. Going to stream tonight. Uh, if you're listening nice. to it uh, in the past, I guess, I realized we're on a podcast and not just a conversation. We're doing a um, thing, which is, by the way, I'm hooking up the camera. I have this big ass JVC camera here that I'm hooking up to do to work with that. Yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, hey, Mace, do, you, do you have any? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Nikki. Go ahead. No, you were going to ask it. Yeah. Do you have any? Uh, yeah. Do you have any tips for the I musicians out there? I have a ton of tips for musicians. Give up. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. No, uh, my, my tip for musicians is get, get get weird. Don't be afraid to like, if you hear words in your head, if you hear like a sentence you like, follow that, follow that idea. Follow the, follow the vibe. Follow the, just like, even if it doesn't make any sense, just follow it. Follow it. Um, do something as weird as you possibly can. And know that, you know, you're not making music. And this is, you know, 
do as I say, not as I do. Uh, <laughs> the music that you make doesn't have to appeal to everybody. It doesn't have to be a pop song. Um, years of Tumblr have um, poisoned me into thinking that if I don't release my best pop album of all time, nobody's going to listen to it. Uh, oh God, I still struggle with that. Like, uh, and it gets in the way of actually making anything, which is like counterintuitive. So yeah, it's, it's that, was, like, that was my that was my entire last year is worrying about people not listening to my last album and becoming really bitter and fucked up over it. And yeah, you could drive yourself literally and not figuratively insane over this. Yeah, I came off like a super bitter why is no one paying attention to me asshole <laughs> it's not month. healthy it's not healthy at all yeah terrible back yeah. in like 2009 2010 i had a, a tumblr anon tell me that my music wasn't accessible enough and thus it would never be good and i've internalized that because <laughs> i internalize everything everybody tells me i'm sorry i didn't mean to laugh you shouldn't internalize that i just remembered i also when i was still on, i actually i'm back on tumblr sony sony sports walkman if you want to follow me uh, on this very blog many years ago, I got an ask that said, you use an arpeggiator too much. That reminds me of that. I thought that was the funniest thing anyone's God. ever said to criticize my music because I literally make electronic music. What do you want me to do? That, that reminds me of this really fucked Pitchfork review, which, you know. <laughs> which in, one? You got to yeah. narrow it down. <laughs> uh, it is a review. Pitchfork, please notice me. I think it is a re-review or a re or a review of a reissue of Bad Moon Rising by Sonic Youth, uh, um, which is one. I'm not a giant Sonic Youth fan, but that's one of my favorite records by them. Um, but um, it's the one with the spooky uh, pumpkin man on the cover. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, I remember internalizing this spitefully when I read that the drummer whoever was drumming at the time it, there was an over-reliance of floor tom and i'm like fuck you oh i think you've told me about that that because that is a, that's just what does that even mean fuck you i'm using that's why there that's why i think i used the floor tom more than any other drum <laughs> just i i like to replace the kick drum entirely just use a floor a floor tom sample why not? Still have, i have some more tips <laughs> Okay, well, this is literally we're, we're, this is good material for my book. I am all stealing it, but we can't just give it away for free uh, because the title of the book is going to be How to Make Some Music and Get Maybe $5, and the book will be priced at $5. <laughs> um, you should also um, don't be afraid of using like a preset. Oh, that's the other yeah. thing. Fuck presets anyone who tells you that good. using presets are bad. I think that, I think I was also poisoned from one side. The Tumblr people who were like, hey, you should you, you got to make your music pop music because nobody's going to listen to it if you, if you don't. That's and just wrong. That's just from, straight up wrong. From the other side, uh, people who are like, you know, you got to build everything by yourself. You got to you got to you got to use pure data to make your music. You got to you got to be a PD guy. You got to you got to build your own computer if you want to be a real electronic. Musician. You got to build Wendell. Yeah, uh, you got to You got to. Build, build your own Wendell. Get the get the schematics from Roger Nichols and build you, you, your own fucking Wendell. If it's not a real Max drum machine to get into electronic music, no, fuck you. Go to hell. Use a preset. Yeah, I'm done. So this has all been a review of Steely Dan's Gaucho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone, check out Gaucho. It's my favorite album of theirs. Song of um, the Summer. Donna, this, yeah, summer. summer. Oh, summer. Uh, check out uh, all the lost gaucho outtakes, second arrangement, 
kind spirit were you blind that day the bear coolie baba uh uh i can't write home about you i don't know all of them uh, and also if you find heartbreak souvenirs uh uh put it on the internet you will be a hero <laughs> uh, but for, as for the actual album that we did get uh folks are we picking up something good about it right mm, i'm picking up maybe my second favorite steely dan album behind countdown to ecstasy for real okay yeah okay that's yeah that's I'm, a... I'm i'm stupid so no 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 that's a that's an interesting <laughs> top too i don't know how many how many dan fans out there how many dan heads how many dan freaks would uh have the same top two it's like it's like thinking dance manatee is great <laughs> that's a guy that exists <laughs> and um, it's me <laughs> and it's you of course god damn it <laughs> It's like when someone's like, I, I I love Marmite, and you go, fucking course you do. <laughs> I love Apollo 818. No, I don't I don't have nothing, no idea. I, I have no frame of reference for that. Uh we'll get uh we'll, we'll get there. What would what would that be for They Might Be Giants? I would say John Henry. I love here come the one, two, threes. <laughs> I thought it's their best one. I learned I learned how to spell. <laughs> uh <laughs> that's the one about numbers, jackass. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh Rose, are you picking up something good? I'm also picking up my second favorite Steely Dan album. Okay, what's your what's your number uh, one? My number one is Katie Lied. That's my favorite one. Okay. That's a All slightly right. more number top normal top two. I don't know if that's super common, but I see it. This could be like the new kind of astrology. What's your top two favorite Steely Dan albums? You're yes, so I'm... you're Kate Katie Lied. I'm a Katie Light rising? with a gaucho rising. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Jesus. Um, My gaucho is acting up. <laughs> My gaucho. <laughs> Imagine it, your own personal gaucho. My gaucho won't stop shitting on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I'm yelling for? <laughs> Alex, are you picking up something good? I'm picking up also my second favorite Steely Dan album. Oh my However, god, you people! My, my, it's weird. It's a it's a band that I fluctuate with. Uh, my favorites fluctuate a lot mm-hmm. because my first is either going to be Asia or Can't Buy a Thrill. Oh, huh. Can't Buy a Thrill is pretty good. I I actually did go back to that uh, the other day. Um, since the since the episode we did on it um and i was like yeah this this got better it, it aged well which is to say it aged since december <laughs> very well I mean, to me here, you heard it here first folks nikki is a great big fan of sea bat i love sea bat <laughs> i really do honestly it's very fun it makes me feel like a fun clown <laughs> what wait hold on yeah sea bat we talked oh. about this last episode the hudson mohawk song Oh, the- <laughs> yeah. That people keep unfortunately shortening to sea bat. People keep unfortunately shortening Camp I Throw to sea bat in uh, RC <laughs> Dan. Yeah. I really, oh, it's so good. Uh, I am oh picking up something God, literally God. my number one. Uh, I guess if I had to, I hadn't thought about the top two actually, now that I'm face to face with it. I mean, saying Gaucho in Asia is just like so. It's like picking Mario and Mario Kart, but I feel like that's my answer. Yeah, that's like picking. Um, that's like picking like uh, fucking Meriwether Post Pavilion, but that's Meriwether Post Pavilion is still a good album. But like, there's a reason everyone loves Mario <laughs> and Meriwether Post Pavilion. 
everybody mario was a big fan of merryweather post pavilion he you know he got he got into animal collective uh in 2008 and thought that (laughs) those songs were really special to him uh but he dropped off once centipede hurts hit because he he thought it was quote-unquote too weird he didn't like that it came with a gun i just (laughs) couldn't get into it it's a too dense (laughs) they shouldn't have released today's supernatural what are these guys even on Police is a bad song, which is something I share with him. Wow. Now, you know, broken clock, etc. What would Mario's favorite Steely Dan album be? Um, It would be Can't Buy a Thrill. Absolutely. Because as a plumber, he's reeling in. I really think it might be Pretzel Logic. I was about to say, I think it's going to be Pretzel Logic. Why is that? I mean, I can just hear E. St. Louis Toodaloo being in a Mario level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Toodaloo! I don't know. Just seems like it. He just seems like a pretzel logic kind of guy. Yeah. Luigi? Katie lied. 100%. 100%. Mario actually did play uh, trombone and keyboards on uh, on pretzel logic. So shout out to him. (laughs) Oh yeah, that that MIDI sounding ass. Yeah, that was Mario. Yeah, <laughs> he was um, never Steely Dan before he broke off to was, you know be with his even, brother. They're like MIDI the Doobie was... Brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's the Doobie Brothers got the idea about being brothers from the Mario Brothers. Yeah, they were like, we're, we should be like brothers. We're really making this episode over long. <laughs> well, you know, I just was worried we didn't have enough fucking material, so I thought the banter <laughs> at the end would really pat it out. Um, God, I really have. I'm gonna edit this one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right well it's just been fun to it's it's been a really fun time this was this was a breeze it's uh, a great four hours to share with all of you yeah um i hope you enjoy listening to the six hour podcast and uh i hope the eight hours that you spend listening to it uh go go by as, as quick as these past 12 hours did <laughs> i'm excited to hear these 10 hours while i think about how it's the same amount of time mark knopfler worked on this track <laughs> it's um there's some science about it. Time. We, I, no one knows. Does anyone really know what time it is? Oh, it's a different band. <laughs> we did. We did re-record this podcast several times to get the perfect. Uh, this, yeah. is, this is actually super rehearsed. This is take 296. I'm the 50th guest they've brought in. Yeah, the my, fourth... name is, my name is Wendell. <laughs> we actually had to replace actual Alex with Wendell, you know, about 50 takes in. <laughs> they just weren't working out. I don't know. Nothing, Please nothing. insert high hat. <laughs> Error. Too loud. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, folks, we do have to end it at some point. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is the nature of these things. Um, so it's going to be right here. Thank you for listening to Picking Up Something Good, a limited event prestige podcast about Steely Dan taking place within the months of Steely Dan December, Steely January, and Quite possibly Steely Feb Dan. You be Steely Debuary. It's not going to go into Steely Debuary. Steely Peguary. No, Peguary. Because here's the thing: the next episode is just you and me doing the 2000s, and then we're done. Uh, oh yeah, I don't think crank- we have much to say about that. <laughs> we can crank that out in January. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, you will. Uh, we will be back. You spoiled it uh, for everyone. We will be back discussing the return. Uh, of the Kings. Steely Dan The Return, which is, you know, the weird 18-part Steely Dan uh, finale. God, I would die for a Steely Dan biopic. Really love you know how, you know how biopics... The, the Roadhouse as the Steely Dan. <laughs> yeah. 
you know how biopics lately um are all bad i want one about steely dan and i want it to be the worst one i want all of it i can i can recommend elvis he's white <laughs> I want that. I want that exact scene, but for Steely Dan. They're white. They're from the East Coast, but they have that West Coast sound. By golly! Look, I said it was good. I didn't say that it made sense. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, well, everyone, uh, go listen to Gaucho and watch Elvis. I guess is the moral. Yeah. All oh, right. and uh, don't forget to make music. Yeah. And subscribe uh, to this podcast. Don't forget you... to be awesome, everybody. And uh, don't say that because that's someone else's thing. Tell everyone <laughs> about the podcast. Ignore uh, my co-host uh, when he acts up. Uh, bye. Wait, hold on. We have to say goodbye. <laughs>